At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Las Vegas for Gus Gus with myself, Greg Eubes Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. We're going to be keeping it to two parts and we're going to be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends as Brian Rolfe does amazing work over at HXCBB. Now, to let you in behind the curtain, this was an interview that was done before we did see West Virginia decide that they were going to be going the interim route with Josh Eilert being able to get the interim job. So just a little bit of a forewarning there if you're noticing that we're speculating as to whether or not there's going to be an interim coach or not. That's why, because we didn't know that Eilert was going to be getting the job until late on Saturday night. But that said, I do think that it was very important what we were talking about while speculating as well. How big timing was with regards to this with West Virginia. Some of the guys that had entered in the transfer portal, how they might be going about this. And on top of that, just really the landscape of college basketball. We were talking about a possible ripple effect that still might happen because there are still a trio of guys that are out there in the transfer portal from West Virginia, Joe Toussaint, Kirk Risa, along with Trey Mitchell. I can tell you right now, everything that I've been seeing on social media from these guys from reports, it seems as though they are very happy with the move, but we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about some of the pros that were made by just an interim coaching regime as well because we were speculating. It's just like, man, at this point, is there going to be anyone to be able to take the job, and how do you keep things together? And myself and Brian were both in agreement that it was via the interim route, and we're going to be talking about some of the specifics there. And here in segment number one as well, we did see a few other moves in college basketball that were made, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup of those as well, but really it's going to be quite West Virginia heavy, and I'm also going to ask Brian for a few teams that might be a little bit under the radar that made some nice moves over the net over the past few weeks as well. So we've got a lot going on on the podcast today as there's lots of buzz happening in Morgantown. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Jaden underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. by that five star review. By the way, I was supposed to be doing my Big West Conference preview today. That has been pushed back tomorrow, and it's a great preview. Connor Hope, who also does great work at EchXCBB, he joined me, gave a nice 25-plus minute interview, taking a look at all the teams in the conference. So that is going to be a lot of fun when we're able to get that to you. But that said, we did see a move in the Big West that is going to be of impact there. So perhaps it is 
Nice that we were able to delay that by about 24 or so hours as coming in from Eastern Illinois to help out Cal Poly is Paul Bisman, who last year he really didn't give Eastern Illinois too much. He had just 2.9 points per contest, though he was able to shoot 39% from three. He just didn't see the minutes that he'd seen during the 2021-22 campaign when he shot more of a poultry 29% from three, but had seven and a half points, four boards, very nearly a block per contest. When it came to conference play, he was able to do an even better job with more around nine and a half points at a little bit over five rebounds per game within OVC play. So... Someone who had six foot eight doesn't necessarily have a bulky frame, but is able to go out there, pop some threes. Something that Cal Poly needs a little bit more of. They could probably use a higher level of talent, but that said, this is still a step in the right direction. And this was also a big piece of news as well. Got completely buried by everything that we saw in Morgantown, but Devin Cambridge. By the way, I did not know that he had decommitted from Oregon, and I feel like there were many people on social media that shared the same sentiments that I did, but Cambridge has decided that he's going to be going to Texas Tech, so we did see quite a bit in the Big 12. This is unfortunately something that was done after the interview that I had with Brian Rolfe as well, but I mean, last year when he was over at Arizona State, he was able to register 9.8 points, 5.5 boards, shot about 33% from three-point range. Has never really been a guy to just light it up from three-point range, but a six-foot-six guard with some nice size to him, plays really good defense. He fits exactly what Texas Tech is going to be looking to do. I feel like Texas Tech, with bringing in Grant McCaslin, and they're looking to turn over a little bit of a new leaf. They're looking to get back to that tough and tumble defense, and I think that Cambridge is going to be able to help out with that and so much more, and this is a nice ad for Tulsa as well. Tulsa team that they pretty much have to rebuild from what they had last year. Tulsa, one of the worst against the spread teams in the history of college basketball last season, and they bring in Mohamed Kita. I know that there were some people that thought that he had quite a bit of upside coming into last year. He's seven foot one, just really could not get out there on the floor, and we're going to call it what it is. This is a project player. This is someone that has a little bit of versatility. He's able to do a very good job of being able to block shots, but this is a guy that you're really taking a flyer on because he's seven foot one with great athleticism, but I mean, if Tulsa's able to hit here, that's going to be very big for them, and these are the sort of risks that they probably do want to be taking because with Tulsa, you can't go much further down than what you went last season. So I do commend the move there. We shall see how it turns out for them. And then we did see JoJo Peterson. Yep, that is a great name. No relation, by the way. Two years ago, while he was at IPFW, AK Fort Wayne, was able to average three and a half points, shot 36% from three, down to two points per contest, was really an afterthought this past season. He has decided that he is going to be going the non-D1 route, and he's going to be going to North Georgia, and these are always very easy for your handicapping. All you need to notice is that Mr. Peterson, he is not going to be that breakout candidate for IPFW this year. You do not need to worry about him being in your evaluations. All you need to do is cross him out and move on. Same goes for Jalen Booknight. I do not know if he was of relation to the other Booknight that is in the NBA and had a very nice career over at UConn, but just really didn't see the floor at all last season over at Georgia State. So he has decided that he is going to be bolting the program. And we saw the same for Thomas Tutt as well. And Thomas Tutt was someone that came into St. Peter's and I'm not going to say that there was like tremendous fanfare or anything like that, but there were some expectations from six foot nine gentlemen that came in from South Sudan and just really couldn't deliver a lot down low for this team. He was able to give the team right around two rebounds per contest, just did not blossom the way that St. Peter's needed him to. And for St. Peter's, it was just a mess for the team last season, a team that's looking to build themselves on defense. They did an okay job on defense, but they had one of the most poultry offenses that 
you were going to find in college basketball. So we did see those news and notes happen in college basketball on Saturday, but just giving a little bit more background as well as to the interim coach in Mr. Eilert. He's been on the West Virginia staff for the past 16 years, someone who's worked very much hand-in-hand with Bob Huggins for quite a while. He's a not necessarily super-duper old guy or anything like that. He's been a riser within West Virginia, and I believe that he was also with Bob Huggins when he was over at Kansas State during the 2007 campaign. I believe that that was the Michael Beasley year as well, but he has been with West Virginia for a very long time, actually played at Kansas State for a few years as well. So, and you give him his congratulations. This is someone that is in like his early to mid 40s. He's going to try to hold things together. And as I was saying, with regards to everything that I'm seeing on social media, with regards to everyone that I know within college basketball circles, a lot of the players that were on the fence in the transfer portal, like Kirk Reese, like Joe Tucson, they are feeling good about the hire. We do not know yet if those guys are going to be returning, if they're going to continue to mull their options as players do have 30 days because of the unprecedented move that we saw with Bob Huggins to decide if they are going to be transferring or not. But certainly does answer a few questions. And like I said, with the interview that I did with Brian Roth, this was done before we knew that Eilert was going to be getting the interim coaching tag, but we still had a great conversation with Brian. We're also going to be talking about a few teams that have went a little bit under the radar over the last week or two with West Virginia really dominating the scene in terms of college basketball, but we're going to be talking about just how a interim coaching regime does make sense for West Virginia as well. We did that while we were speculating and so much more, and that comes up next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Just with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man. It's Brian Roth. He does an amazing job taking a look at the game of college basketball on Heat Check CBB. You're able to follow them on Twitter at Heat Check CBB. He is one of the hosts of the Heat Check CBB Hangout. That is the show slash podcast that they do over there. On top of that, just anything that happens here in college basketball, he does a great job with all of his written work over at Heat Check CBB. Very tied into the game, and you're able to find him on Twitter at brauf 33 Last name is spelled R-A-U-F, then the number's 3 and 3. And, Brian, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Brian. And right now, the biggest thing that is happening in this college basketball season is what is all happening at West Virginia. And, heck, by the time this podcast uploads, we might have five more guys in the transfer portal, and we might have a coaching decision that is made. So, I mean, it's been a very big intrigue there, but – what have you made out of the West Virginia ordeal? And do you think that this could cause a little bit of a ripple effect in terms of perhaps a second wave in the transfer market and or perhaps the coaching carousel as well if they do decide to not go the interim route? Yeah, it's not going to be, I think, a large second wave in the portal. I think if there is one, it'll be you know from the West Virginia side of things, obviously. But the ripple effect in the coaching circle could be pretty big. It just all depends on who they hire. <laughs> You're kind of expecting that some of these guys would enter the portal. Uh, when the Huggins decision first came down and he announced his resignation, he was stepping away. It maybe took a little bit longer than we were expecting, and I think that kind of has to do with the coaching search. I think the players were waiting and maybe a little bit anxious to see who would come on, and I think there was maybe some hope that it would be settled sooner rather than later, and I think the wave we're seeing now is a result of them not having made a decision yet, not having hired a coach. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys come back to West Virginia, depending on, again, who they hire. But it's certainly an interesting decision to watch for sure. Yep, no doubt about it. And if you had to guess right now, because I think that we all have the same information at this point, there might be some West Virginia insiders that have a little bit more. But if you had to guess, do you think that there is a chance that West Virginia might still go the interim route because we know that they're conducting a national coaching search, but we've seen the likes mm-hmm. of Andy Kennedy come out in the last 48, 72 hours and say, you know what, I am not going to be leaving. I'm going to be staying at my current spot. And a lot of these coaches that we thought were going to be candidates, they have said we are going to be staying put. And as we know, this would be a very difficult ordeal for a coach to head over to a program in mid to late June. Yeah, I think the surprising thing to me, at least at first, was that they said they did not want to go the interim route, right? Because you are late in the cycle, now at the end of June. There's not the big names available. There's not the, you're not one of the top jobs on the coaching circuit that could have gotten you some bigger names that ended up at other destinations. Like those have already essentially been settled. You do that if you have an idea who you want to go after. I don't know if they've been met with the reception with those people that they were expecting. So, I think the chances they hire an interim are certainly considerably higher than they were when all of this started. I know they would still like to have a permanent solution, but I've also think that they've 
kind of realized they're not probably going to get a permanent solution that they want. If I had to guess, and this is just a guess, I have no inside information on this. My guess is that they end up going interim or promoting one of the other assistants for the season and then kind of restarting this once we hit some March. I know they'd still like to find a permanent solution. I just don't know if that guy is out there that would also meet the criteria of what West Virginia wants to hire at the same time. Yeah, I think that it's just such a difficult ordeal because for the players that are going to be going elsewhere, they're in a rough situation with perhaps having to be a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of off-season training, in terms of getting on the same page with so many of their guys and for a coach. I mean, it's just a doomsday scenario, which I know that there have been coaches that have been hired this late that have had success in the past. And heck, even interim situations like what we saw at Seattle a few years ago where it's happened like days before the start of the season. And there have been some coaches that have really pulled it off. Not a position where you want to be in, though, as we do have Brian Rolfe. He does amazing work over at HXCBB. Joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And with regards to the players that haven't entered into the transfer portal. As of right now, we know that it's going to be Joe Toussaint. We know that it's going to be Kirk Carissa and Trey Mitchell. And I'm sure that there's going to be others once this podcast uploads because we're doing this late Friday night. And the uh, names, they just keep coming out more and more. How do you expect these guys to be recruited? And do you think there might be a possibility that someone like a Kirk Carissa, wherever he lands, is going to be a little bit behind the eight ball because we have seen mixed results from these guys that they entered into the portal late in the past few years because something like Keontae Johnson worked out incredibly well last year for Kansas mm-hmm. State. We all remember your number one of what we saw from Marcus Carr at Texas as well. Not so great. The kind of cop-out answer is that it depends, but I really think it depends. We're kind of at an awkward stage in the offseason where some programs have started their off-season workout program and a guy coming in now or later certainly puts them behind the eight ball. Some don't start until later, and so they can still get there around the same time everybody else does. And In that case, they're starting from the same spot most other newcomers are. That's fine. We'll see. I think what is going to draw this out, potentially, is I think all of these players want to see who West Virginia hires. They want to leave that option open of going back to West Virginia. This is a move to keep their options open, by and large, and let other teams know they are looking elsewhere. They're not totally happy being at West Virginia no matter what. And there is that window that we're still in for them to, to enter that since there was the coaching change. I think the longer this goes out for West Virginia in terms of the coaching search, the more difficult it's going to be for Creason and Tucson and Mitchell and everybody else, whoever else enters the portal, to make a decision. And then it's going to put them further behind the eight ball if they do end up somewhere else. Yeah, I think that this is just a very unique ordeal as well. And who do you think are some of the teams that are going to be inquiring about the likes of Kirk Reese and inquiring about the likes of, say, a Trey Mitchell as well? Because I've got to think that Kentucky has to be in on these guys. I mean, they just legitimately have to. If you're Kentucky, it should be in your contract if you're John Calipari (laughs) that you need to do something here because, my gosh, I mean, good for you for getting Antonio Reeves back in the fold, but boy, it's been a rough offseason for them. But I know that the Kirk Reese and Illinois rumors, they were very, very hot. They were very, very heavy. I think that that's something to take a look at. Any other teams that you look at and you think, man, they're probably going to be in on some of these guys. For Trey Mitchell, it should and I think has to be Kentucky. Kentucky's front court depth is very thin. They have a couple extra scholarships left that they can use. Like To me, that is a perfect match on both ends. I don't see a scenario where that doesn't work unless somebody really drops the ball on Kentucky's end. Kirk Reese is going to be a little bit more interesting. Illinois, you mentioned. That, to me, is the best and most intriguing fit that a good Illinois team that can be great if they have a good point guard. Kirk Reese has shown he can be that. 
He's a little bit sporadic at times, but uh, to me, that makes a ton of sense. Memphis and uh, Nebraska were also involved in this recruitment before he ended up at West Virginia. They're going to be involved again as well. I think the Memphis case is a little bit interesting. I don't see anywhere fitting as well as Illinois, but I also know Fitz is not the only thing these prospects consider. So right now, and I don't have any full information, I would expect Trey Mitchell to end up at Kentucky and Kirk Creasa to end up at Illinois but it remains to be seen. Yeah, but certainly does remain to be seen, and this is going to be just a wild situation, one that it's not like it's the first time we've ever seen anything like this, but it's very, very rare in which we see anything quite like this, as Brian Roth, who does amazing work over at EJXCBB, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Eves. And Brian, we've been talking a lot about West Virginia. They have been getting all the attention right now in college basketball, but just in what we've seen over the last few weeks, over the last month in general, has there been a team or two that has made some moves that has really gone under the radar? We've been taking a look at these bigger name programs and they've been getting a lot of the hype. Is there a few teams that have flown under that you think, man, they've really done a nice job and they deserve a little bit more hype than what they've been getting? It's tough because these few weeks have been obviously more bare than it was before. I think Memphis has done a nice job staying active. Alabama has done a nice job staying active and I, I think really filling some holes. Arkansas has finally used up all his scholarships bringing in Chandler Lawson <laughs> from Memphis. A little bit of time without Eric Musselman being involved with the transfer. There are some and I would point to those. The vast majority of the work was done really during that month of March and April when everything kind of first started. But those are the teams I, I would lean on Alabama in particular that has done a nice job really topping off their class here over the last few weeks. I do think that they've done a solid job as well and we did see with Alabama a little bit of reclassification with them as well to be able to bring in some front court depth and it's very interesting with Alabama as well because I mean, we've thought that the Grant Nelson deal has been done for a while and I can't think that there's anything that is going to be a hold up with them but that's something that I haven't seen become and I air quotes here official official but they did bring in Jaron Stevenson who reclassified as well and this has become more of a trend in college basketball in the last few years. We really saw it with Memphis when they had Jalen Duran, a lot of the Monty Bates reclassified a few seasons ago. Do you think that we're going to be seeing more of this? Because, as you mentioned, it is now very slow in the transfer portal. And there are some teams that got a few scholarships that they look to fill. And I've been noticing more and more teams going this route in past years. Yeah, it allows you to get to the NBA a year sooner if you're the prospect. If you're on the top end and that's your goal, that's certainly an appealing option and, and, and something that we've seen. We've seen this in football too, and it just starting, I think, makes way into basketball in terms of guys doing it and knowing in the back of their mind that they can redshirt for a year if need be. And the thought process b- b- behind that is that they would get better practicing against high-level Division One competition than playing an extra year of high school basketball. That thinking is starting to trickle down as well. We, we, you know, we rarely see red shirts basketball in this era, particularly with the portal. That's kind of a lot of thinking is that it allows them to start their NBA eligibility clock sooner. It does help out with that. We saw that with the likes of Gigi Jackson and company last season as well. And I do feel like a lot of these guys that reclassify just have not had too much of an impact. I feel like Jalen Duran is really the biggest example of a success story with this he was terrific at memphis became a high level draft pick he's making millions in the nba but i do think that with regards to a lot of these guys that reclassify it's really hurt them long term like with Gigi jackson he was the number one recruit for the class of 2023 when he decided to reclassify he just became his second round pick in the nba and i feel like it's almost a deficit to him i mean the alarms are going off because 
they're alarmed at how much money Gigi Jackson was robbed of because he decided to go to South Carolina a year earlier. But that said, how have you been viewing a lot of these guys? Because I do think that it's really been a loss for a lot of these guys, even though it speeds up their clock for a year. They really just don't give teams exactly what they're hoping for. And I feel like they in turn actually drop their NBA stock as a result. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you are correct from the standpoint of like Gigi Jackson came out. It was clear even when he was a high school prospect, there were holes in his game that people hoped he would iron out during his senior season in high school. And it was clear he just, he wasn't ready and he's not ready for that level of competition right now. The potential is still there, but that that's why he drops. The flip side of that, it just see somebody like Tyrese Proctor at Duke, who did the same thing, reclassed, went to Duke last year as a freshman, should have been a high school senior, struggled the first half of the season, and as the year went on, really came on and was one of Duke's best players towards the end of the season. He opted to come back, and I think he's going into next year, I think, as a potential All-American, as a potential All-ACC, ACC Player of the Year candidate. And if he does incredibly well, he's going to have two years of college experience, which is going to make him more appealing to the NBA and still be that 19-year-old who's the same age as somebody who is a one-and-done, right? We talk a lot about, too, this incoming recruiting class not being as strong. It's an opportunity for a guy like him to, like, yeah, I had two years of experience, but I'm still the same age roughly as this group is. NBA teams will like that. I think we, we might start seeing Proctor as a one-off case, but I think he could start a wave of guys who do the reclassing and say, okay, I didn't knock it out of the park when I should have been a senior, but I have this essentially X year built in to where I can really improve, spend that time with a high-level coaching at a D1 program, have a breakout sophomore season, and still be in the same boat I would have been. And I think that that's the way to go about it as well, because if you're reclassifying, instead of playing a year as a high school senior, instead of being a college freshman, getting two years, I think that that would be very beneficial. And I do think that Terry's Proctor going to be in for a big year. We're announcing on the 2024 box, which, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to stick too much stock into those at this point. That's a very far ways off, but we're seeing him as a projected lottery pick right now. So I think that that's a good way of looking about it and. Brian, I've got to ask about this because I've talked a lot about the SEC on this podcast here in the offseason. I haven't talked a lot about your alma mater in South Carolina. We just brought it up with Gigi Jackson. You don't have to. They okay. had a, you don't have to. Oh, we're going to. <laughs> now that you just said that we don't have to, now I feel like we really have to. But I mean, what have been your overall takeaways from this team this offseason? Because obviously you're number one and the new regime did not necessarily go the way that they were hoping and for South Carolina, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for them just with the way that teams in this conference in general have been able to build themselves up. But you feel like there's, at the very least, we're not going to say a team that could be like making a huge run or anything like that, but do you feel like there's signs of this team trending in the right direction with the likes of B.J. Mack and Miles Sute entering into the program? I think there needs to be, right? The talent level is certainly there to do so. I think a successful season for the Gamecocks is showing that there's a foundation in place and that there is not a bottoming out that's going to happen. Uh, there were times last season where you, even if with the talent like D.G. Jackson, it seemed like guys were running around without a real plan and were a little bit overwhelmed. It was clear in a lot of games that they were clearly the lesser team. I think this year the goal, you mentioned, like you should not expect them to win a whole bunch of games this year, but if Lamont Paris and that coaching staff can – lay a foundation, establish an identity as a program, and start building some things moving forward, being competitive consistently, that's going to be signs of progress. They have the talent to do that. It's just a matter of now putting it all together. 
Yep, they need to be like Brian Rolfe, a man that has put it all together and has become one of the best in the business when it comes to taking a look at college basketball. Brian, you and everyone else over there at HXCBB are doing an amazing job, and I know that now is really the time where you guys get set to start up your conference previews as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at HeatCheckCBB or at the Hangout CBB for the HeatCheck Hangout podcast. We are going to have some season preview stuff that that we're going to start doing soon. But this is the time for a lot of in-depth articles looking at potential breakout candidates for next season. I've just wrapped up the draft, so that's all in the rearview mirror now. Our attention is starting to turn towards the next season. And so we'll have plenty of content on that, both on the Heat Check Hangout and at heatcheckcbb.com. And Brian does an absolutely incredible job taking a look at the game that we all know and love. And every single time he joins this podcast, lends absolutely impeccable insight. So a big thanks to Brian for joining me on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at Jaden underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, five that five-star review. Apologies on the fact that myself and Brian did this interview just before Mr. Eilert was hired. It was something that happened very late in the night on Saturday, so... Do apologize there. And for those that are looking for the Big West Conference preview, that has now been shifted to tomorrow. Myself and Connor Hope are going to be giving you guys that, and I'm going to have a preview for all 32 conferences. We're going to get you guys all of those here throughout the offseason. Then once we do those, it'll be time for the season, and I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.